You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of Behind the Braves, presented by Justin's, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Atlanta Braves Digital Media Content Manager. I'm usually joined by Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael, but Greg and I are enjoying some time off, as we hope you are. We hope you're having a wonderful holiday season, that you're getting to enjoy some time with family and friends. Hope you got one of those gifts from Justin's over there at justins.com slash Braves. Just because Christmas is over, no reason you you still can't go over to Dawson's.com slash Braves and pick up a uh, Braves gift for someone in your life. Or you know what? Maybe they didn't get you the gift you wanted. Go over to Dawson's.com slash Braves and get you a piece of merchandise inspired by the 2021 World Series championship ring for yourself. Dawson's.com slash Braves. They've been a great partner to us all year, and we very much appreciate them. Well, as I said, Greg and I are taking some time off. So we thought for this week we would take a look back at a couple of our favorite interviews from the 2022 season and today's theme is pitchers. So we had a couple guys from the 2022 Braves on with us this year, Colin McHugh and Spencer Strider, and seemed like kind of a natural pairing, not just because they're pitchers to, to put together on a, a best of compilation show, but also because I feel like they're, they're two unique guys who very heady intellectual guys, uh, thoughtful in the way that they speak about pitching and well, anything that you're talking to them about. So, so let's get right into it from earlier in the season. Here he is. Colin McHugh. Well, hey, Colin, appreciate you joining us on Behind the Braves. Um, this is a real treat to get to be here at the end of the season. You're our first current player that's uh, that's on the podcast for this year. We kind of missed it because of all the stuff that's gone on the last couple of years, being in person, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I have to ask you, I had a training facility back in the day called Hardball Warehouse, and uh, I think you played on one of our teams with Pendleton Baseball. Um, you guys were traveling around. Were you on one of those teams that traveled around to the uh, different colleges? I was a little, yeah, a little bit like a mercenary. So when I, uh, I, I never, we hired you out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I've been a, I've been in Atlanta for a long time. Yeah. So like, and kind of in the baseball scene, um, but never really played travel ball growing up. And then just kind of have worked my way around and mm-hmm. know a lot of people. I went to Providence Christian Academy over in Lilburn. And was Christian like, Stewart on your team? Christian was a couple years younger than I am. Okay. I'm not going to give away my age here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a couple years younger. And then Garrett Whitlock, now the uh, mm-hmm. pitcher with the with the Red Sox, he was also a Providence grad. So we got a few of us uh, still lingering around in the league and, and trying to hang on. But yeah, I, I love being in Atlanta. I love yeah. uh, I love meeting and connecting with, with former Braves like yourself. I grew up watching you. So like, mm-hmm. it's, this is great. It's a treat for me. Yeah. Well, we, I know that it's, it's got to be special to be able to come back here and play. You probably didn't expect it, I guess, to some degree when you don't get drafted by, you know, the hometown team. And then all of a sudden you go play, you never have that expectation to come back. And has it been pretty special for you to be here? I know your family's got to be loving it. Yeah, it's been really wild, man. I remember the, the opening day really putting on a jersey and seeing myself <laughs> in a mirror and being like, wow, this is <laughs> this is a little trippy for me. But yeah, you know, I've been around been around for a while, but never quite could uh, could do it in Atlanta until until this year. Every off season we're coming back. We've lived here for for really my whole life, and um, so yeah, to be able to play for the team that I grew up, you know, listening to on the radio. To be honest with you, I listened to a lot of baseball on the mm-hmm. radio growing up, so um, it's it still holds a holds a soft place in my heart. That's pretty special. Being a player here, being able to raise my kids here. I grew up in Knoxville, so it wasn't too far away. But you know, I've just I feel like I'm a you know an Atlanta guy now, just because I've been here so long. But I, I'm amazed being involved in the organization for so long. I'm amazed at the people that 
grew up listening or what most of it's TBS. I mean, we, there's such an incredible reach. But, you know, last year when uh, when the Dodgers won the World Series last year, they asked me if I get Fred McGriff to um, do a video for Kenley because uh, because it was his favorite player. He grew up watching the Braves. <laughs> and then the guy writing the article is like, well, who didn't watch the Braves growing up? I mean, it's like TBS was just we don't really know the scope, but we're, we're understanding it more and more. But the amazing thing that Ted Turner did with the TBS deal and how the reach of it. I've never met a grandmother that did not grow up watching the Braves. Right. <laughs> Put it that it's way. It's amazing. No, it's amazing. It's on every, I mean, the great thing about baseball, it's on every day for six months out of mm-hmm. the year. So, you know, if you've got a team within, <laughs> really within like 400 miles at this point, <laughs> you're going to be able to watch it. But yeah, the Braves were everywhere. So like, yeah, well, we traveled to Seattle a lot when I was with Houston and I made friends out there who were from Seattle, but huge Braves fans, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then we'd just travel around and you meet them and we, they travel on the road so well. Our fans are fantastic. So mm-hmm. to be able to play in front of them is a, is a real treat. Well, going with that, the story of you like following the Braves as a kid, watching Greg McMichael and those guys, same as me and people who've listened to Behind the Braves for a long time have heard me talk about how I'm a, I'm a TBS kid too, growing up in Virginia. And that's how I came to love the Braves because that was the only team I could watch every night. So I idolized guys like Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, to some degree, Greg, Greg McMichael. But, uh, <laughs> you don't but, have to put me in that category. I know, I know. <laughs> just, no, an- just anchor in those rotations. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Uh, but I did read our, our buddy Mark Bowman, who's been with, on with us quite a few times on here, wrote a, a really good story when you, you first signed with the Braves a month or two ago now. And I read, I think it was this article, I read that you met John Smoltz at a crystal oh, yeah. when you were 10. <laughs> I, I, what was that? How did that happen? Just oh, random? Yeah. Just well, like, I don't know how we found out about it, but I think, you know, they were doing, they were doing signings around the, um, you know, around the city, different places. I think some of the guys were doing them at um, like Waffle Houses. Some guys were doing them at Crystal. But anyway, we had John, they were like, John Smoltz is going to be at the Crystal and Roswell <laughs> at 12 o'clock. And we all, I mean, everybody in our neighborhood, like we had probably 15 little kids in our neighborhood and we all played baseball together. And we're like, you're going to go? Yeah, yeah, you're going to go. Okay, all right, all right, let's go. <laughs> so we went that morning and uh, yeah, stood in line for like an hour, got up to him. Got a signed baseball. I still have it at my house right now. Like it was, I remember it so vividly. Um, and I remember thinking, he's huge. He's like taller and more athletic than I thought he was. And I still feel that way when I see him. I'm like, you're in pretty good shape, guy. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> he does stay in good shape playing all that golf. I know. Yeah. yeah no basketball. Doubt. He's a big basketball guy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so cool seeing that you were you were a fan that during this this last postseason run. Once once you're out of it, you're back home. I mean, uh, and maybe it was uh, it was Aaron Tuning who, who posted it. I can't remember, but you were I mean, you were rooting for the Braves right there along with the rest of us that are fans, weren't you? Yeah, you know, I, I always used to say um, you realize how shallow your loyalties really lie when somebody else is signing your paychecks. Uh, and then, uh, but yeah, last year was really like an interesting little case study for me because it was the Braves playing and, and winning all the way up to the World Series, and then they got to the World Series and they're they're playing they're playing the Astros. And I'm like. Um, I still have friends over there. These are like my friends on this side, but this is like my like childhood on this side. And it really didn't take long to realize that the Braves were going to win out 10 times out of 10. And uh, yeah, I was just in, as into it as every baseball fan was and, you know, kind of living and dying by every swing Rosie was taking. And it was, I mean, it was a blast. <laughs> it was a blast. So we, we get through the lockout, that's done. And then so your phone starts ringing again. What was that? How quickly did that come together? And were, were the Braves, Alex, were they pretty interested right out of the gate with, with once the lockout was over? We, we had talked to a bunch of teams before the, before the lockout. And then, um, so really kind of catching up 
uh, on the backside. We knew it was going to be a, like a feeding frenzy. Everybody was trying to sign in the, that first week back if they could. And so we just kind of had reached out to everybody who we had talked to before. The Braves were at the top of my list. And I said, hey, like, if you get Alex, I talked to my agent, Mike, and I was like, if you get Alex on the phone, don't let him hang up. Right, <laughs> I was right. like, I, I know he's got a lot of things cooking. I know he's got, you know, Freddie stuff that he's trying to deal with. And then Olsen and then contract extension and trying to, you know, build an entire team here. And no idea who was going to get Kenley and then a bunch of guys. Great, great moves that I think he's made this offseason. But yeah, we were we were kind of fortunate enough to, to slip right in there in that in that mix and, and be able to get something done pretty quickly. I really within within a few hours of, of like our sincere interest in time, we were like, all right, let's get a deal done. Hmm, that's great. Well, you made mention um, before we we started taping that that whole transition, which we've all gone through from starter to reliever. And it's tricky, right? It's totally different. Um, you know, one's a marathoner, one's a sprinter. And there's an art form to warming up. There's the, the mental grind of being prepared every day. What are what have been some of the keys for you as you've done this now um, for a while? Because even though it's it's different, you know, you've had to make some adjustments. What, what's been the key for you to be able to do that? I think curiosity, uh, first and foremost. I, just, I try and pick people's brains if I can. I mean, we got uh, Darren O'Day down there. He's been doing it for, what, mm-hmm. 120 years now at this point. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, at a high level. At a high level. Right? <laughs> and so having him, having Smitty, um, you know, Thorny down there, who they, all these guys have loads of experience. And, and <laughs> I look at Kenley, and Kenley is like the most like task-oriented. He does his stuff every day and he's so regimented and um, just having that kind of discipline I think to be available every day day in and day out I think it, it really does take that um, and so yeah you just gotta you gotta prepare yourself mentally physically and I'm you know you're still you're learning you're learning what you gotta do what you when you need to take days like take days off and kind of get your feet back under you when you need to be able to like ratchet it up a little bit and kind of um, get your workout in get some extra running in get some extra throwing in but it's a balancing act and I think for us we've, we've had the good fortune so far to have a really deep bullpen and you know a coaching staff who understands where we're at and and kind of what we need to be successful on any given day so um, like I said I'm trying to take advantage of all that if I can Mm -hmm. there's a lot of resources here and um, and and they've done a really good job of putting us in the best position to be successful yeah it's great and I've I've always been a big believer in looking at the successful people around you and and trying to learn from them because there's no better way to learn than being with somebody every day I mean coaches are great right coaches can help you but there's nothing like a peer that's there and, and that you can just watch and you can play catch with you can just ask little little things here and there hey can you watch me throw this and you know how'd you feel about that can you tell me when I'm in the game I mean that's just so valuable oh yeah feedback that you can get from these guys I wish I had taken more advantage of it I you know I kind of fall fell into the trap of this is all that I am and then, you know, it's, it's, and I'm just going to stick with that. And when you try to get outside those bounds, sometimes, you know, you got bumps and bruises and they would say, well, you know, you need to stay in your lane kind of thing. And, um, I wish I would have used the off seasons more to go spend, you know, two weeks with Maddox or, you know, a week with Glav or two weeks with Smoltzy. But, um, you know, it's just sometimes when you're 25 years old, 26 years old, it's, it's hard to think that way. But I love the interaction that I always had with Steve Bedrosian and Jay Howell, guys who were, you know, MVPs and Cy Young Award winners that oh, yeah. they were there with me every day. And I tried to always try to take advantage of that and pick their brain, like you said, and I learned so much. That, yeah, the feedback, the feedback from players is, is 
really key for me because you know I play I can I play catch with Thorny Thorny every day and so we're throwing the ball back and forth and we're we ha- you have like a consistent sample size of like what your spin should look like what's a good one what's an average one what's kind of a bad one and how to how to make those adjustments mm-hmm. um, so getting that getting that feedback and then having you know the data back it back it up on on TrackMan and you know we're just so far advanced at this point from from when when I started when you finished playing and uh, you know I, I think that there's there's definitely a way to use those tools but I like to use use the old eyes when I can. <laughs> Sure. Well, you know, and sometimes there's only so much space up in that brain. And oh, sometimes yeah. <laughs> it gets the good stuff gets pushed out by the stuff maybe you don't need, and um, and that's a I'm sure that's a challenge I didn't have to deal with, even though we had books to read, you know, and charts to look at. We didn't have it on our we didn't have it on our uh, Apple Apple phone. <laughs> well, I mean, have we talked about going to that? Like some of these teams are they're looking at the pitches, so we don't have to give a sign. Are we Are we thinking about doing that? So we haven't we haven't gone there yet. Um, I think Trav and Trav and Manny and, and Sal Fasano, I think they're they're pretty uh, they're pretty dead set on making sure that they are understanding how to communicate and and mm. being able to communicate as a, as a part of giving signs. Um, so we're still on that train. We'll see if it if it gets. A, I think it's a little clunky right now, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you see guys trying to change out the little things in their hats. I saw that the other day. I'm like, God, what is he doing? He taking his hat off, gives this guy an earpiece. I'm like, yeah. is that legal? I think I think we're moving in in, in a good direction direction of being able to kind of just clean things up and speed things along where we can. You know, it's the old, like, intentional walk. Nobody ever needed to throw four pitches for an intentional walk. Just put them on. Uh, kind of the same way. If we can figure out a way to just get signs to There was it. some pride in it. Oh, I can throw four pitches easy. You know, you get to throw <laughs> Some four. guys could not do that. Oh, my gosh. The, the ner- if you couldn't, like, the nerves when you're, the guy <laughs> oh sticks out his hand. There's more pressure like, oh, for no. that. <laughs> Without a doubt, there's, like, two guys in scoring position. You're like, if I don't do this correctly, yeah, you become a meme immediately. Oh yes, exactly. <laughs> well, this is, uh, I think this might be a first in that this is the first time we've had a current player who also has his, on our podcast, who also has his own podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the 12-6 podcast. I actually listened just the other day, I was listening to your interview with Matzik, which was awesome. What, how did you get started or what made you want to start a podcast and are you enjoying it? You know, I, I am still, I am definitely enjoying it. Um, I, I started it because I have had great interactions with, with players and coaches and front office people and writers over the course of my career um, that, that most people just don't get to don't get that level of access to you know I think we can be a little bit buttoned up with media sometimes post game and you know nobody wants to give away too much nobody wants to make themselves too like bigger than the game so to say but when it's a one-on-one with you know with two baseball people you just get so much nuance that that really isn't isn't there and isn't available at other with other um, other forms of media so I've, I've tried to kind of give a little capsule of those conversations where I can um, and I've you know, like I said, I've, I've had the fortune, good fortune of having some great guests. Um, you know, over the last couple of years, Charlie Morton was my first one. So you can go back nice. and you can go back and, and listen to that one. Me and Chuck just on his couch in spring training, <laughs> um, just kind of feeling our way through a conversation. It was probably like the fifth time we'd ever met too. So it was re- really fun. Um, but yeah, for me, it's 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 great. I do it as as often as I can, as often as I have, right. you know, content and time. Um, but for me, it's it's been a a bit kind of an eye opening experience to a how how tough it is on the other side of uh, you know of the camera or the microphone, um, but also what guys are what guys are really like um, you know when you kind of get them out of a uniform and get them kind of in a in a comfortable element. We've been doing this almost four years now. I think we're over 120 episodes, and so the question I think we both get asked the most is who's your favorite guest that you've had? And it's all for me. It's always I always just go well. Last week we had such and such, and it was awesome. <laughs> and this week, so it's like always fresh in my mind. Of course, we always 
always both say if you if you made us choose, like we had we were fortunate enough to have Hank on before he passed. Wow. So that's probably the favorite. But mm-hmm. I look at just the last four weeks, the the conversations we've got to have. We had Snit, we had Miriam Armut Lou who designed the World Series ring. Last week we had Gabe Burns, who's a beat reporter, and this week we have you. So all that to say, is there one that you could pick out that that's your favorite? I and I say that as a podcast guest or a host who can't pick out a favorite ever. Uh, you know, I, I had Smolty on the uh, on the podcast. Uh, I think a year, year and a half ago, um, in the off season, he was you know gracious enough to to give me some of his time in the off season in between golf rounds, probably. Um, <laughs> uh, and we just chatted. I mean, we could have talked for four hours, I think, mm-hmm. just about baseball, about pitching, about kind of life and injuries and family. And I mean, it's all of these things. Just there's so much common ground. The Venn diagrams from baseball players are just so far overlapping, mm-hmm. even though we're extremely diverse group of people. So even you know the Latin guys in there and some of the Asian guys that I've played with and you know uh, guys just from all around the country from different backgrounds I learn as much as, as anybody does and so for me you know it's it's a, it's a great it's a great way for me to get to know some of my teammates for me to get to know some of the guys around the league that I've, I've known and respected for a long time but yeah having Smolty on there was was a big one for me it was I was sweating bullets that whole time <laughs> <laughs> that's great well I, I want to welcome you to the Braves alumni um, group because you know we've got there's about 250 guys nationwide that I communicate with former players there's about 65 guys here locally so wow you'll forever be a part of that group we um i've been doing in this role for about 12 years now where we do close to 200 events a year so wow. whether um they're paid events speaking engagements to alumni weekend alumni sunday this year we'll be doing the this 30 year anniversary of 92 where sid slid oh yeah and then 40 years from the 1982 team where murph was an mvp horner was an all-star and and they started out 13-0 to start the season so those guys will all be back for alumni weekend that's amazing in july so uh anything we we can ever do for you in the off season help if you want to get involved um love to for you to be a part of that but you know when whenever you retire way off in the future you'll be a, a part of that group and uh, uh, we, we we get a chance to do a lot of cool things uh, fantasy camps we do we're doing two next year one of our favorite podcasts is we interview the fantasy campers because we split them up on teams we draft them and then you might have sid as your coach and steve avery as your pitching coach <laughs> and then we'll play and they get rings and champagne and all that oh, and we play so some of our best podcasts have been with the campers at camp around the fire pit smoking a cigar um and and it's just it's just it's pretty incredible could be worse. <laughs> that's right it's great <laughs> a lot of fun well colin thank you so much for taking the time man we appreciate it and i uh, hope to have you on again at some point and definitely go check out 12 6 podcast as we always say on here wherever you get your podcast wherever so. you get your podcast <laughs> that's right wherever you listen i appreciate it guys it's been a pleasure this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Next up on this volume one edition of the best of 2022 and behind the Braves presented by Jostens. 
Spencer Strider. Well, hey, Spencer, thanks for joining us on Behind the Braves. Uh, I told Ricky um, it's about time we got some Tennessee boys on this podcast so we can so we can talk about uh, Knoxville and all that good stuff. He's always wanted to talk about Virginia, so we're we're uh, glad to have you on. And uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about um, just your journey. I know, it, boy, it's been quick. I mean, bam, you're uh, you're in college, and then all of a sudden you just have this crazy ascent through the minor leagues. I mean, do you feel like you're you're adjusting? Or you still feel like your head's kind of spinning a little bit? Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of movement in the last year for sure. Um, but you know, it's all good stuff. So um, makes it a lot easier to to deal with the instability when it's when it's good news, you know. So um, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, feel like this beginning of the season was still a little little new it's, you know still that that wow this is the big leagues kind of feeling but um i, I feel like i've settled in at this point and i'm a lot more comfortable well i know it's easy when you've got uh, a team of veterans even though there's a lot of young players on the team when you go through a world series and and you you go under i guess the the scrutiny of the whole year where you struggle a little bit and then the team just pops up out of nowhere and they have this incredible run that really creates um uh the term like you, you feel like even though guys are young they have this veteran presence about them because they've been tried and tested i saw that on some of the teams i was on early on but i, I I wanted to ask you, do you feel like that there's somebody that you kind of gravitated towards uh, on this team that's kind of maybe mentoring you or that you kind of look up to that you've been able to um, pick his brain a little bit to help help make this adjustment that's going on with you? Uh, I mean, there's been a lot, you know, I've, I've had several roles. So at, at times it's been guys in the bullpen, um, you know, like Colin McHugh or uh, Will Smith, you know, some of these, these guys that have done multiple, multiple things and um, you know, certainly have a, a lot to offer somebody who's, whose role is kind of unstable to start the season. And then, uh, uh, but recently it's been Max for sure. I mean, he, he's, he's always been um, very mentoring towards me and uh, um, you know, he thinks a lot and he's got, he's got a lot going on. On, and I, I do as well sometimes and that can be a uh, can be a detriment if you don't control it the right way so uh, now that I've been in the dugout during the games and we've been um, on similar schedules he and I have had had a lot of good talks and you know he, he sort of came up the same way I did where he was out of the bullpen and then uh, transitioned to a starter and so yeah he's he's provided a lot of good information for him. I really appreciate him. Is it now that you are in the rotation? I assume that's got to be a lot easier, just preparation, knowing when you're going to pitch, who you're going to face, what day, all that. Is that, has that been a welcome transition for you? Yeah, it's familiar. Um, you know, I, I've, I've already encountered a lot of the, uh, the struggles with, with the starting routine before. So, you know, the, the coming out of the pen was a little different. I was sort of learning on the fly, even this year. And, um, towards the end, I felt like, or towards recently, I feel like I got, got into a good routine and, and sort of embraced the, uh, the randomness of it. Uh, you didn't have time to worry about how you feel or, you know, what time the game's at or what inning it is. You just, you just control, you can control and jump out there when they tell you to, but, uh, having more time to prepare and having the, uh, the schedule is good. If you can, you can manage yourself well. And, and like I said, I've had experience doing, doing that. I've been a starter most of my life. And so it is familiar and, and I, I like the, uh, the ability to prepare a little bit more focused. Well, Greg mentioned your quick rise last year. I mean, you're in Augusta, Rome, Mississippi, Gwinnett, and Atlanta, all in the course of one year. Like, I mean, I, we can look at the stats and see, okay, which what was the place where you pitched the most games? But I was wondering, like, literally, what location were you even in for the longest? Like, five places in one year. Like, were you in a place even longer, in any location for longer than a couple of weeks last year? Uh, 
Um, I was in Mississippi from right the end of June to the end of September. So I was, yeah, that, that was really the, the main stop. So, and then with the minor league season, the way it is now, you get a week at each place. So uh, that makes the travel a lot better. I mean, I didn't experience the, the uh, alternate um, schedule, but uh, from what I, what I hear, it sounds like it's a lot better when the consistent Monday off days and everything. So yeah, it was, it, I had a lot of different leases and a lot of uh, slept a lot of different places for sure. Well, I love what you've been doing on the mound and, and I uh, appreciate how uh, your demeanor, what you've been doing, you know, pounding the strike zone, getting ahead for being so young and, and stepping into the situation. I mean, just learning to throw out the bullpen, like you said, that's a challenge and going back and forth and not knowing exactly what you're doing. They've really put you to the test early, but I think it's going to serve you well over time. But when you're out there on the mound and, and of course, you know, everybody wants to talk about your fastball, but you probably have already figured out you can't just throw fastballs all the time, especially for seven innings. Right. You got to you got to mix it up. But you also you have to understand these hitters. Right. You got to you got to be around a little bit. So is it is the information helping you or do you feel like you're just kind of staying your lane? I know it's really a, a challenge to get all this information dumped on you, but yet you have strengths, you have weaknesses. So how are you handling that whole that whole transition of learning all these hitters that are at each stop? Yeah, um, I've always been uh, pretty supportive of the idea that. You know, first first thing you need to do is understand your strengths, understand what what your game is, and then I think you get into trouble when you try and deviate towards somebody else's weaknesses or, or focus too much on somebody else's strengths. Because at the end of the day, I can't become a the, the perfect pitcher for a certain batter. I can only be what I am. You know, I mean, I've got the four seam fastball, the slider, the changeup. I mean, that's that's my arsenal. And so a lineup, you know, I may face a lineup of all left handed hitters who have great batting average against on a four seam, but you know, I can't just have a two seam that day. So I don't I don't spend a ton of time looking into the uh, you know, the deep underlying data on opposing lineups just because at some point I, I can't really use the the information. There are certain things I want to know, like how you know how often a guy gets to two strikes or how uh, if a guy's a runner or um, you know, I look at you know splits against right handed or left handed. If there's if they're big ones, then maybe a guy was is more uncomfortable from a certain side of the plate or something or against a certain certain arm on the mound. And so that's good information to have. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the guys that are the best in the game are the guys that just go out and consistently showcase and, and use their their best abilities. And so uh, that's really my main focus. And, and what it has been for a few years now is just try and replicate what I'm good at. OK, this is the, the real hard hitting question for me. Uh, when did you first grow the mustache? What prompted it? I know in Braves Twitter, uh, as, as I do, I'm sure it has its own Twitter account at this point and all of that good stuff. So just curious. When did you first grow grow a mustache? Yeah, I mean, we we did them in, in high school. We would try and grow facial hair, and like if we made it to the state tournament, we would dye our hair and stuff like that, you know. And so I didn't I didn't have much of one back then. But uh, when I was uh, when I was hurt in Clemson uh, in 2019, I let it grow really long and you know curled the ends and stuff. And so I just I've sort of had one since then. Every once in a while, I grow out my beard, but usually it's a mustache. <laughs> Well, um, Spencer, I grew up right down the road from you. I went to Webb High School, so they were probably you guys played them quite a bit, I would imagine. And um, do you go back to Knoxville in the off season? Are you living there, or have you kind of transitioned to Atlanta? What, uh, where do you spend most of your time? Uh, 
yeah, we, I'm in Knoxville in the off season. I actually went to Web um, K through eight, and then my sister went to Web all the way through. So yeah, familiar with with that area. I went to CAK, so I was right there in mm-hmm. high school. But um, yeah, I like Knoxville a lot. I think it, it you know has the benefits of a city, but it's also not too crowded, so it's a good off season spot. Yeah, we were following the Vols there, hoping that they would go a little bit further. But uh, didn't didn't work out for us. I think about uh, Jordan Beck. You know, they're calling him Mike Honcho, right? So uh, from uh, from Talladega Knights and some of those guys had a pretty good uh, pretty good fall. I know you went to Clemson, which is really that was a place I wanted to go out of out of high school. Did you have a good experience there? Did you? And I think you did. You play with Paul Bird's son, Grayson? Yeah, I did. Okay, very yeah. good. Yeah, Clemson was was great. I I. Uh... Not not a Tennessee fan, despite growing up in Knoxville. I, I put them at the bottom of the list of teams I would ever support. Oh, oh man. Oh. Wrong, wrong orange, right? This is yeah. my favorite moment in this podcast history, finally. I love so, it. So, uh, yeah, no, not a Tennessee fan in the least bit. Regretfully had to root for Notre Dame, if you could call it rooting for Wow, but, okay. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, Clemson was phenomenal. The coaching staff there was terrific, and you know they gave me a great opportunity. And unfortunately, I didn't didn't get to play a whole lot just because of my injury and then uh, the COVID season in 2020. But you know, I, I think that what I learned the most there came outside of the game. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful for for my time at Clemson. Yeah, it's a good town. I, how did you? I read that you're you're a vegan. How did you first get interested in, in becoming a vegan, and what led you there? Uh, it's 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 fascinating. I was fascinated when I read that, so I was just curious how how did you end up uh, making that choice? So I had um, I had high blood pressure. I was diagnosed when I was 18, and they started medicating me. And I was always a little skeptical on whether that was necessary. And yeah, you know, I, I had trouble sleeping. I was a little a little. Um, my body fat percentage was higher than I wanted it to be. It was sort of reaching a plateau in the weight room and with mobility issues and stuff. And I uh, was rehabbing TJ at the time, so I didn't want inflammation problems and started looking into, uh, you know, ways to sort of approach some of those issues without medication, without, uh, you know, more uh, fabricated, you know, methods of, of whatever. So, yeah, so I saw a diet as a as a wave and i always thought i ate well and then uh, you know as an athlete i was very protein focused and so i was having a lot of a lot of meat a lot of dairy and things that were vicariously bringing on a lot of fat a lot of cholesterol and um, sodium and other stuff so i'm certainly missing out on some nutrients and yeah so i transitioned into a plant-based diet and within two weeks i didn't need medication anymore for my blood pressure and haven't since and yeah i went from uh 20% body fat to 13% body fat. Now I'm at 11% uh, in about three months that happened and rehab TJ in 11 months with no setback, started sleeping better. And so, yeah, I mean, I felt so much better right off the rip that uh, while it was inconvenient at first to kind of upend your entire dietary lifestyle, it, uh, it was worth worth sticking to. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. I think that's one thing I've seen a lot with you guys. You've got so many things down to a science that we just we just didn't have that uh, ability to have people around us that were kind of feeding us that information that allowing us to do some of the things that you're doing. And I and that uh, kind of leads me to my my last question with you. I know that it, you know, you're young in your career from I mean, just professionally in general. But, you know, we talk a lot about routines. We talk about, you know, a lot of people call them superstitions. We call them routines. In baseball, there's so many things. The game is so long over a period of a season that you have to establish a routine. Do you feel like that um, 
you you have your own established routines. Do you feel like that you've kind of come to some conclusions for yourself, or is that something you're still figuring out? Uh, I don't think you're ever you're ever perfect. Uh, you're always adjusting. I mean, there's there's always new information, you know, with with um, biomechanics and and just mobility research and everything. I mean, you know, that's that's why it's nice to have great relationships with with strength coaches and trainers and people who are constantly studying that stuff and um, learning more about it. And uh, you know, I I don't I don't think that. You know, right now we may think we have some things perfected in terms of mobility or, or biomechanics, but, you know, in a year or two years, some of that stuff's going to be probably wrong or just antiquated altogether. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you do the best with what you have, and that's just it's just part of being committed to, to preparation in general. I think there's a lot of people who, you know, let their results or how they feel or um, various other changing metrics uh, dictate what their routine is like and how they prepare. Uh, but I would rather be committed to a plan that's not totally perfect than sort of wavering on on all kinds of information and trying to search out something that's changing all the time. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've had I've had a similar routine for a long time. Components of it will change as I get new information or, or a necessity presents itself. But um, that's that's the, also one of the good things about being on the, in the pen this year is I, I learned what parts of it are, are truly essential and what things are sort of a luxury uh, for when I'm starting. And uh, at the end of the day, you got to trust yourself. You got to trust your stuff and what you're good at, like I said earlier, and you know just know that that's who you are and it'll come out um, when you when you have the ball in your hand. Well, Spencer, well, congratulations on your success thus far. I know Greg and I both love watching you pitch. I know Braves fans do too. And we thank you for taking the time with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, good luck the rest of the way. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. See you. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.